welcome to the Lessons for Living television program. My name is Bill Santos. Thank you so much for watching. What is the life expectancy for Canadians? Well, according to CTV News, Canada is currently among the top-ranked countries in the world when it comes to average life expectancy. But we could fall to 27th place by the year 2040 due to projected improvements in other nations, according to a new study. In 2016, Canada ranked 17th out of 195 countries with an average life expectancy of 81.6 years. By 2040, the life expectancy is expected to rise to 83.1, but Canada will rank 27th on the list as life expectancies also improve elsewhere in the world. According to a paper published in the Canadian Medical Association Journal, it suggests that life expectancy in Canada could be threatened by the same factors that are causing it to fall in the United States. There are signs which are pointing in the same direction, said Jürgen Rehm of Toronto Centre for Addiction and Medical Health. Here it's, we find the same trends to a much lesser degree in Canada. Reem said life expectancy in the U.S. has begun to decline slightly, something that is very rare in a rich nation that the last time it occurred in the United States was during the Second World War. Most of the new decline is due to an increase of deaths of despair, drug overdoses, suicides or alcohol abuse. Overdose deaths have been increasing by about 4,000 in 2017. They used to be under 2,000 not long ago, Reem said. Canadians are generally in good health, although health issues in an aging population are shifting to disease and disability, Reem said. He also said that there are ways for Canadians to avoid a decline in life expectancy, particularly those driven by deaths of despair. He says, don't make booze cheap for one. Ream refers to dozens of studies linking price and availability of alcohol to its abuse. Reem also suggested that doctors need to re-examine why and when they prescribe opioid painkillers. While Canada has seen half the prescription opioids in the U.S., we're still the second highest country in the world. I want to introduce you to a man that some of you may not know, but most of you have heard of. His name, Charles Spurgeon. He was a British Baptist preacher who began his ministry as a 19-year-old young man in 1854, and he remained in the same pastorate until his death at age 57. He was, well, to put it mildly, a phenomenon. He's the Michael Jordan or the, the Babe Ruth, the Tiger Woods of pastors. Long before the modern megachurch era ever came into being, 
6,000 people crowded every service to listen to him preach. In fact, he couldn't build buildings large enough to hold the masses that wanted to come hear him. When he was only 27 years old, he preached to some 24,000 people at the Crystal Palace without any amplification whatsoever. One time, he asked the members of his church not to attend church on the following Sunday so that the newcomers might find a seat. One time, he asked the entire congregation to get up and leave so that the newcomers waiting outside, that they could get in. The newcomers came in and filled every single seat in the building. His messages were printed in newspapers all over the world, and single copies of his sermons were selling up to 25,000 a week. His collected sermons filled 63 thick volumes, becoming the largest set of books by a single author in the history of Christianity. There is no question you ask a pastor who would be the greatest preacher since biblical times, Spurgeon wins hands down. You would think that this great man of God who had an unbelievable impact on millions of people for decades and decades would never doubt that he was a Christian. At the very height of his spiritual power and popularity, he wrote these words in his autobiography. I felt at that time very weary and very sad and very heavy at heart. I began to doubt in my own mind whether I really enjoyed the things which I preached to others. Isn't that amazing? incredible the greatest pastor and preacher easily easily of his generation and, and, and maybe of, of, of any generation was not even sure of his own salvation this is an important issue 65 percent of canadians believe in god and about 50 percent of canadians believe there is a heaven if there is a god to believe in and a heaven to go to then life's greatest question has to be, am I sure that one day I will be in heaven? I want to share with you today a beautiful truth about eternal life. It is your duty to make sure that you know that you can have eternal life. 2 Peter chapter 1 beginning at verse 10. Therefore, brothers, diligently make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For in this way, the entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be abundantly provided for you. Believe it or not, knowing that you can have eternal life. It's as easy as ABC. Number one, believe God's statement about eternal life. 1 John chapter 5, verse 9, we read, If we receive the testimony of men, 
the testimony of God is greater for the testimony of God is this, that he has testified concerning his son. Testimony is a statement that is given by a witness, oftentimes in a court of law. A witness is absolutely useless unless their testimony is reliable. I mean, if you can't trust a witness, then their testimony is useless. Lawyers have a rule of thumb. They say, if you have the law on your side, argue the law. If you have the truth on your side, you argue the truth. But if you have neither the law nor the truth, you attack your opponent. That's why so often an attorney will try to attack and destroy the credibility of a witness that is being used against his client because a witness is no better than their trustworthiness and their credibility. God has given testimony regarding his son. Well, what testimony is John referring to? Well, there is one time in Scripture where God actually gives a verbal testimony. He gives a verbal witness to Jesus Christ. It happened at the baptism of Jesus. John the Baptist was baptizing Jesus in the Jordan River. And as Jesus was being raised up out of the water, we read these words recorded in Matthew chapter 3 and verse 17. A voice from heaven said, This is my son whom I dearly love. I find happiness in him. God himself said that Jesus Christ was his son. Now, you and I have a choice to make. Either we believe God's statement about Jesus Christ and therefore about eternal life, or we don't. We either believe his testimony or we don't. John gives an argument that is known as going from the lesser truth to the greater truth. Here's what he says. He says, if, if we receive the testimony of men, well, the testimony of God is greater. We live our life every day believing in the witness and the testimony of people we don't even know. I mean, we go to the drugstore, we pick up a prescription. We really don't know the medicine that we're taking home with us is the medicine that we need. I don't demand the pharmacist take out the medicine, break it down in all its chemical components and prove to me that I'm getting what I'm paying for. When I get on an airplane, I don't demand to see the pilot examine his credentials, ask to see the logbook, logbook, let me know how many hours they've flown. I just take the testimony of the airline that this pilot is qualified to fly that plane. And so John's simple statement is this. If you receive the testimony of men, well, the testimony of God is greater. For the testimony of God is this that he has testified concerning his son. Obviously, there are billions of people in this world 
who have not accepted God's testimony. They've refused to believe it. You may be one of those people who have simply refused to believe what God has said about his son, Jesus Christ. Here's what John says about people like that in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 10. The one who believes in God's Son has the testimony within. The one who doesn't believe God has made God a liar because that one has not believed the testimony that God gave about his Son. See, John here doesn't beat around the bush. He doesn't mince words. He says, if you reject Jesus as the Son of God, you reject the testimony of God about his son. And he says, if you do that, plain and simple, you're calling God a liar. In other words, you are accusing God of spiritual perjury. That is true of anyone who denies that Jesus Christ is God's son. The real testimony of rejecting this 1 John chapter 5, verse 11 says, And this is the testimony. God gave eternal life to us, and this life is in his Son. See, eternal life is real. Eternal life is for right now. Eternal life is yours for the asking, and it's yours for the taking, but only through Jesus Christ. Because this life is Jesus Christ, and that is God's statement about eternal life. Point number two, receive God's Son, who is eternal life. John now gets even more specific as we go down to verse 12. The one who has the Son has life. The one who doesn't have God's Son does not have life. Now, do you know what this means? If you do not have Jesus Christ in your life, there is more to life than what you and I experience here now. Real life is eternal life. And that's why Jesus came. And in, in, he said in John chapter 10 and verse 10, he said the following. A thief is only there to steal and kill and destroy. I came so they can have real and eternal life. More and better life than they ever dreamed of. You see, that's why if you don't have the sun you don't have life. Therefore, let me ask you a question. What are you currently trusting in that will get you to heaven? The only way you can have eternal life is to receive God's Son, who is eternal life. There was this billboard outside of a church one time, and it had these, these words in, like, in bold letters. It said, no Christ, like K-N-O-W, no Christ, no life. Then it said, no Christ, N-O, 
know Christ, know life, and owe life. You see, God has made a statement about eternal life. He said that His Son is Jesus Christ, and in Jesus Christ is life. Do you believe that? Jesus Christ, God's Son, is eternal life. Have you received Him? If both of these things are true, then this is also true. Point number three, achieve God's security of your eternal life. Now we come to the key verse in this entire book. And one of the greatest verses you will ever find in the Bible, 1 John chapter 5, verse 13. I write these things to you who believe in the name of God's Son so that you can know that you have eternal life. Now, I realize there's a lot of things in life we cannot be sure of, that we cannot know with certainty. But we are told here, very plainly, that we can be sure that we have eternal life. God's Word says that we can be sure that we have eternal life. I heard of a little boy standing by the side of the road and a man comes by, and this man was lost, and he says to the little boy, Son, do you know how to get to town? The little boy said, Nope. The man said, Well, do you know where Route 20 is? The little boy said, Nope. The man said, Well, do you know where this road goes? The little boy said, Nope. The man said, Do you know what the name of this street is? The little boy said, Nope. The man, he's exasperated, said, Boy, you don't know anything, do you? The little boy said, I know I ain't lost. You can know for sure that you are not lost, that you will have eternal life. The only thing more important than the insurance of our salvation is salvation itself. Because if we could be saved and not know it, then we could lose it and not miss it. So let's review. If you believe God's statement about eternal life, and you have received God's Son, who is eternal life, then you will achieve God's security of your eternal life. Notice again to whom John wrote these words. He said those who know they have eternal life are those who believe in the name of the Son of God. The word believe means more than just to believe in it like in your head. It means to be absolutely committed to it with your heart to totally trust in, in, in something or, or, or someone. If you have totally trusted and are totally trusting in Jesus Christ, 
and Him alone for your salvation, then you can know you are saved. This is where Christianity is so radically different from so many other religions that may come knocking on your doorstep. You ask <clears throat> these people sometimes, if you get into conversation with them, do you know for sure if you have eternal life one day? And they will quickly tell you they don't know and you can't know. You see, to much of the world, timing is everything. Many in the world think that salvation is performance-driven. And they just hope that in the end, they have done more good than bad. And at the very last moment of their life, they're doing good. And salvation is not a matter of timing. It's a matter of truth. It's a matter of trust. The only basis for that assurance is God's Word. One of the single most important documents that I have, and thank God it is on record, is my birth certificate. That birth certificate proves that I am who I say that I am. I mean, I may one day get Alzheimer's and forget who I am, but I've got a certificate that says who I am. Somebody may come up one day and deny that I am who I am, but I've got a certificate that says I am who I am. I can even doubt that I am who I am, but I've got a legal certificate that says I am who I am. This book this is your spiritual birth certificate. It holds in it the testimony of a God who cannot lie, a God himself who says, if you believe his statement about eternal life, if you receive his son who is eternal life, you will achieve his security of your eternal life. You can not only take that to the bank, you can take that all the way to heaven. Let us pray. Father in heaven, thank you for the gift of eternal life that is being freely offered by you every single one of your children who simply trust, obey, and accept. Father, if there's anyone within the reach of my voice that has not yet submitted completely to Jesus Christ, may they do so now in the certainty of one day living eternally as a gift from you. Bless each and every viewer, I pray in Jesus' name. Well, we've come that, to that time in the program where we have our special offer for our viewers. You know, each and every week, we like to offer you something, a resource, a book, some material uh, to just encourage you to continue 
your study of the Bible and, and who God is. And like today, we talked about this gift of eternal life, that you study it on your own. And, and to, to help you with that, we have these resources. And today, we have this book. It's called The Master of Love, He Lived for You. Now, I want to send you this book as a gift from Lessons for Living Television. There's no cost to you. There's no obligation. This book will arrive in the mail, postage paid. It's a gift. We hope you accept it. If you'd like to receive this book, pay close attention to the information we're about to provide. To receive today's free offer, you can log on to the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. That's the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. You can also write us at Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G0A3. And we would be happy to send the offer out to you. That's Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G0A3. If you live in Canada, this offer will be sent out to you free and postage paid. For viewers living outside of Canada, shipping charges will apply. If you wish, you could order this offer by calling our 1-800 number and speaking with one of our volunteers at 1-800-972-0337. 1-800-972-0337. Well, we've come to the end of another Lessons for Living television program. Thank you so much for joining us. And may I encourage you to, to let your friends and family know when we are on so that they too can become part of the regular viewers uh, of our telecast. Before we go, I want to remind you of our website, l4ltv.com. On the website, all of the previous programs are there. You can see any of the previous programs uh, from any of the previous seasons or the current season. Uh, you can uh, download some resources. You can find out where I'll be appearing live. You can even make a donation uh, to the ministry. We are a charitable organization. Every dollar you donate is eligible for an official receipt for income tax purpose. So think about supporting our ministry through your uh, donations. Uh, our, on social media, we're on Instagram. Every day, a one-minute video little devotional video gets put out. Follow me on Instagram, Santos underscore Bill. Uh, like our Facebook page, a Facebook slash L4L television. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel so that every time a YouTube, new YouTube video gets put up, you'll be notified. Subscribe to our podcast where you can listen and take our programs with you in audio form anywhere you go. Uh, I want to also remind you of the missionnowcanada.com website, which is the humanitarian component of our, of our ministry that goes overseas and provides humanitarian relief in different parts of the world. And uh, it's a great program. Check out the website, missionnowcanada.com. Maybe you want to join us on an upcoming trip. Maybe you'd like to donate uh, to a future trip. Uh, just before we go, I just want to let you know that if you're waiting on a resource still, one of our books, if it hasn't come, write to me, bill at l4ltv.com. 
and because uh, your order may have slipped through the cracks and we want to make sure we get those resources out to you. We are all out of time. We have to go. I hope we get a chance to do this again real soon. We would love it if you would join us. God bless you. We'll see you back here again then.